Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone in the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, famous chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, welcome to Starving for Attention, a podcast featuring people who like to cook, eat, write, or talk about cooking and eating. Uh, Listen, we're hoping to shine a light on the food space like how older people shine a light on a big menu with small font, (laughs) which is always fun. That's fun when they do that. And then, uh, like, I love old people, but then they leave the LED on the phone and then sometimes, like, you know, halfway through through the meal. When their prime rib arrives, their well-done prime rib, which is how I like my prime rib. Uh, then they realize that their their phones. You still... do you like end pieces? I like the end cut. It's yeah. it's nice and shard. And the older I get, the more I like my meat cooked. But that's for another episode. Uh, we're going to be chatting with everybody who's anybody, and maybe even a few nobodies. Womp, womp, womp. And speaking of nobodies, I'm Richard Blaze, uh, and joining me here in the walk-in, that safe, chilly, gossipy space, is Jasmine. Hey, chef. Hey. And uh, we're also joined by producer Heather. You see how I pause on producer because I know you scramble for the mic when that happens. <laughs> slide so I was like producer, office. and like you hear the name producer, and then you 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 found your way to the mic. Yeah, I frantically do that. Yeah, you. you know what I love about Heather? Many things, many things that I love about Heather. But she also, I mean, our audio is so crystal clear. Besides, like the producing part, she's a technician. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can never hear myself, but yeah. Oh yes. Um, well, she for me, she does a great job. I mean, there's never any um, I that feedback. Was though, actually. Yes. There's never any feedback uh, in in my my headphones, and uh, I'm glad. But you know where maybe you want some feedback, Jasmine? Where? At restaurants. Oh yeah. So it's time to try out the new app, Feedback where you can send the kitchen and over a thousand participating restaurants your thoughts on their food in real time. I mean, did you ever think that the pasta's a little salty or maybe your cappuccino's not wet enough? That's a new thing for me. Uh, Now you can send the kitchen a note with a quick tap on your phone, but it doesn't end there. Oh no, the kitchen can now send you back their thoughts on you, your party, or your order. If that's not enough, 20% of all proceeds from downloading the app go back to feeding those fighting food insecurities. That's the new app, Feedback, where being passive-aggressive ends up feeding back the community. Make sure you use uh, the promo code STARVINGFORPOD for a free trial offer today. Starving, the number four. Starving for the number, pod. Um, and I like that. That one's kind of fun. I feel I don't like. I understand. Is it like a, a constant convert? Like, do you enter into a chat room with your your restaurant when you enter? It seems like counterproductive that? if the kitchen is receiving notes and then responding to those notes. Seems like. A but it also seems like revenge Yelp. <laughs> Yelpers revenge. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that, right? Because like you do. Because here's what happens in the restaurant: you send the pasta back. You say it's too salty, and then the the server brings it back. They tell the chef. Then the chef says, "Let me taste it." Right? Mm -hmm. And then the chef says, usually, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's fine. So now the chef could respond. Hey, listen, no, it's actually good. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, But I don't (laughs) (laughs) – Right? 
No? That's not real. Yeah, no, that's not a real. These, these by the way, uh, are just ideas that we'd like to see in the world. <laughs> right? just, this is not a real this thing. This is actually a pitch meeting. Right? It's a, yeah, every, uh, that, that's the thing to know about all of our fake ads, that they're actually ideas we'd like to see enter the world. Um, but listen, I think that app would be an incredible game changer. And uh, speaking of game changers... We have one in the house today. Uh, listen, if you're following us on Starving for Pod on Instagram and Twitter, you'll notice today in our stories that we're going to be wearing and rocking Headley and Bennett aprons and gear. Uh, we're representing the apron squad because Ellen Bennett is in the house. Woo-hoo. Hi, guys. What's going on, Chef? How are you? Oh, my God. Well, I just made the journey from the east side. Oh, my gosh. That shows how much I love you guys. That, it, that really does mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, we uh, made the journey – um, from San Diego, south side. Yeah. Uh, double love, super double south side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need we need some hand symbols for like super yeah. south side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've had everything go wrong on our trip into studio today. By the way, oh my god, um, yeah, including no, but punch. I'm kind of jittery from it. I'm like in a good way. Like, well, you should be jittery. I'm like, um, we ice picked our way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to drive on the on the side ramps. That by the way, with the lines, no, no. Like, but you, we we had to get here because Ellen Bennett's one of our yep. favorite people in the world. Um, listen, you created and started truly a trend uh, of wearing aprons that actually look cool. I mean, one day cooks are wearing MC Hammer chili pepper pants. <laughs> this is real. And the next this day they're wearing real. salvaged de- Japanese denim with a pocket designed specifically for Sharpies and tweezers. I mean, let's just start here. How, how did you do it? Uh, well, I was a line cook in a two Michelin star restaurant here in ooh, LA. Ooh, a little, Fancy a little time. Hum- humble brag there, a little bit. <laughs> well, I say that because my chef was so particular about every freaking detail. I mean, I still have vivid memories of a salad going out and being returned five seconds later because the top lettuce was a little too wilty. Oh. And he would catch it. Out the door, like it was oh, going so to a table. Oh, so post pass. Post pass. So this is like wow. has so, entered yeah. potentially yeah, the yeah, dining room. Yeah, the borage was a little too wilted, Ooh. you know, and he would oh. be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Throw it back at us. So the attention to detail was ingrained into all of our skulls in a really great fashion. Sure, sure. Say. Two Michelin stars. <laughs> Two Michelin stars. So when the uniforms looked and felt like shit, there yeah, you go. there you I go. Perfect. Yep. Um, and I wanted to change it because I thought, how the hell are we making the most beautiful food? in LA, yet everybody looks and feels kind of shitty in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. So now, okay, now was this, when you say that, I understand from, like, was so was the whole, this wasn't hound suits and, like, floppy hats, though. I mean, this this is a... I mean, a little bit. It was okay. like aprons that were falling apart. Our, everybody's pockets were dangling off mm. the aprons. The straps were made out of, like, plastic and shoestring type situations. I mean, it was bad. Like, right. really bad. And I think of, and I'm sure you agree with me, but, like, being in the kitchen is like being in war. At the, mm. at the end of the night, you have tickets flying in, and you just have to, like, get to the end line. And to get there, it takes team effort. And I'm like, wait, so athletes have amazing outfits. You know, football players have amazing outfits. Why don't we have a great outfit too that can make us feel and look way better to do a better job now when was that do you remember like the specific moment when you were like wow like there's something like the the thing that's out of place here is the apron it was like a a hole 
it was the it was the chef coat. I'm a girl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the chef coat was basically like I was wearing a moose. Yes. Okay. Garbage bag. A, a moose garbage bag of a shirt. Um, the pants were ridiculous. I mean, everybody was wearing Crocs. And then on top of that, you tied on an apron that looked like it, you pulled it out of a trash can. So when you combined all of that together, when people would come into the restaurant that were employees, people would be like, who is that? Because you couldn't even recognize people outside the kitchen because oh. they looked so different. Right. So like everyone cleans up really well. Really at, well. at that moment in time. Or yeah. They, or they were dressed down really poorly when <laughs> right. they were there. Yeah. But yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, so part of it was even just like the fit. Of yeah. No, things. the fit was bad. The breathability was bad. And then also just, I mean, I was a $10 an hour line cook. Like I was literally at the bottom of the totem pole in this kitchen and I was working my way up. And as a cook, you know, you're in there. Any little detail that happens and you get yelled at or screamed at or whatever, your self-esteem is in the pits. You know, it is bad. And I really thought that if there was a way to make myself have a little bit more dignity and pride in the kitchen, I could do a better job. I could hold my head up a little bit higher and continue to, you know, work my way to the top, but with a little bit of help with my uniform. Right. Um, so it was a very basic concept, but then it turned out that everybody sort of felt that way too. And it was something that really resonated with all kinds of cooks. And to this day, I have cooks come up to me and say, like, thank you so much for, for having done this. And here I have my apron. And, you know, our aprons are not cheap. They're made in America. They're really mm. sturdy. They last forever. So they're, you know, retail. They're like $80. So imagine a cook is buying an $80 apron. That's seven or eight hours of his work that he's putting into that apron to buy that apron. So it's a huge acknowledgement to us to have these cooks and chefs buy our stuff. So in the beginning, what was more important like the style or the substance of the garment like was there because there, i'm assuming you were building things to be applicable in in the kitchen totally world. well it was a lot of what i had in my head and what i did was i started going to lots of different chefs and i was like what do you like what do you hate how can we fix it what can we change what are your favorite things about it what would you make better and so it was i was like a focus group on wheels yeah i was just walking around asking everybody and their mother how they hated their uniforms and then i would make them better so it was a group effort from day one yeah, very like community collaborative oriented, very project. collaborative and I mean I think you and I can even relate to this like when we designed aprons for your for Juniper and Ivy it was like you're like getting together with somebody and you're practically making an apron baby together mm. it's like what do you love what do you hate how do you want okay tell me about the restaurant what does it look like okay there's green and there's these details and you pour your heart and soul into it and then we take all that and then design something awesome for you and so when it comes out it really belongs to you it doesn't belong to me but I mean when you're doing that process um, my maybe my restaurant aside I don't know but like don't you really feel like some of it too is um Hey, can you just give us the uh, the Noma aprons? <laughs> you know, or like how much of it is cart horse? Like you know, so when the, when a restaurant's developing their look, um, especially now that you've been doing this for a little bit, are yeah. they like truly developing something you know like for themselves, or do you think a lot of it is like, oh no, I really like what what that team's wearing over there? I mean, you know, chefs, everybody yeah. wants to have something different. So yes, it's very like build a bear a lot. Yes, mm. yes. There's uh, a lot of build a bear, but there's also, I mean, we have a huge inventory of styles. We have like 50 different styles now and we have different cuts that we've developed with all these different chefs. Mm -hmm. Like in the beginning, we didn't have any styles. So I had John and Vinny and they're like, you know, a little bit on the chubbier side and and Vinny What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Vinny's just like he's just like, you know, a little bit rounder, but in a really soft like 
corduroy bear kind of a way. Yes, I, I, that, I love that. I'm not yeah. going to say Hobbit, but I want to say Hobbit. No, well, first of all, <laughs> that's mean, what you call me, so that's no, okay. I know category. that you mean that in a, in a loving it's, it's way. It's totally loving. Yeah. No, 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 but Anytime. here, he was like, come on, make me room to grow straps. And I was like, damn it, Penny, that's a great <laughs> idea. We're going to make you room to grow straps. And then we created room to grow straps. So straps that were longer, so they would go all the way around your little belly. Your belly, if you right. one. Yeah, I exactly. kind of love that. But that I do feel, okay, so I... I have lost a little weight in my in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the apron sort of is the cape of like yes. it's like the superhero Hell yes, cape. It, is. Hide a lot. Absolutely. it can also hide, it hides a little <laughs> bit, and I like that. No matter, I'm probably one of the few people who are like, no, can I wear an apron on this segment for this show? Yeah. Um, because I also kind of like it. Kind of yeah. it kind of hides a part of me that I don't want to reveal. <laughs> Um, how many chefs get into it and then I'm assuming because I mentioned in the open about like the pockets yeah. and like oh this pocket is for your tweezers and this one's for it perfectly built for a sharpie like how much of it is inside baseball where people are like no we actually need this because our moleskins are this size oh yeah it gets pretty OCD not okay. gonna lie what? sometimes we have to cut people off sometimes we're like that's that's aggressive seven pockets yeah, what? yeah, yeah. 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 enough <laughs> what is one of the moments where you had to jump in and cut someone uh, you know you don't have to say their name. Yeah, you don't have to say yeah, Don't say their name. We <laughs> know it's John and Vinny already. <laughs> I'm not going to throw any, anybody under the bus. But no, there have been times where people want us to like rebuild the mm. Titanic. And yeah. we're like, okay, wow. that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. I will say I actually own many Headley Bennett aprons. Um, but there's one I have that has a pocket that I have no idea what it's built. Like I have one apron. It's a really? white apron. What does it look like? It's a white apron. Okay. So I think it's like a baker's apron. Okay. Should've and it's it. got like, should have brought it. And it's got like this leather sort of side pocket. Oh, that's for scissors. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're, okay. They're that's right. Triangle. Yeah. Triangle yes. Triangle it's pocket. a leather triangle so, that we developed with crafters. So we had all these like women in events and they were like, I always carry oh, okay. scissors around. And so instead of throwing those ideas out the window. I'm like, okay, tell me more about these scissors and what do you need and why? And they told me, you carry them around, you whip them out like a gun, and you need them at any given time. So I thought, let's make a little like holster for them. I like it. I have not put scissors in there yet, well, but I put you everything gotta. else. You know. Come on, yeah. Richard, I get it together. So that, so now, okay, that's interesting. So like this, that's an apron that wasn't necessarily built yep. for the kitchen. Right. Is- well, okay, this is the crazy thing. When I started Headley and Bennett, it was totally and utterly for the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized that there was this whole other world of people that also needed aprons, like potters and painters and carpenters right. and bakers and other people that were not necessarily a cook. Sure. Um, and so we started developing stuff for them too. So we have like a custom potter apron. We have custom carpenter aprons. Oh, we cool. even have a barber apron that has a waxed coating so hair won't stick to the actual apron. Uh, I kind of love, I really love that. One, yeah. because I love yeah, uh, cool. going to the barbershop. Right. <laughs> I also feel like barbers now are the new mixologists oh, who were totally. who were the new the, baristas. They have the they have the mustache. It's, it's my way of kind of saying that some barbers are assholes. Since you already <laughs> opened up the the curse word Pandora's box here, um, but I do feel like that because I've gone to a couple barber shops recently where they oh, you won't, have a massive yeah you have they a won't fight take me. Our, yeah. Like I go in an empty barber shop and they're like, oh, do you have a reservation? I was like, oh no, but no one's here. <laughs> a maybe. reservation. Yeah, and I'm like, and it's like just. Just two barbers doing their own hair and beard, and I'm like, maybe to each other, to each other, other. totally. (laughs) It's like you know, it's in Portland. Actually, it's happened to me in Portland, LA, and New York. But that's how I feel about barbers. uh, Solana Beach. Yeah. But I I also am envious because I kind of want to be a barber. I feel like it's a good crossover job for a chef. Oh yeah. 
I, I think it's personally, true. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Uh, nice uh, nice skills on your face day, for hair. Yeah, a barber during the day and a line cook at night. That would be a good way to go yeah. about it. How much of your success, because you're incredibly successful, just to be clear, um, you are. We researched. Well, yeah. Well, you're in all of the like the big like business every, like, mags. Forbes, Fast Company. I mean, everywhere. I mean, you're, you're yeah, everywhere. so for I mean, one, thank you for coming on the pod, know, right? Because course. like we're just blessed and lucky to have you because you're so successful. Um, oh, we're so successful. We don't even have ad space yet. Yeah, we, have, we uh, get to make. We our just own. make our own stuff up. <laughs> um, how much of your early success, like when it when it started to happen? Yeah. Do you think was based off of your authenticity, the fact that you have street cred and you were a cook? I think it really had to do with the fact that I was just guerrilla hustling. It, there was no, I don't know, there was no financing. There was no some magical thing that happened. People, you know, and you know this, people say, oh, my gosh, it's an overnight success. There's no such thing. It's like you get your ass up out of bed every day through hell or high water and you show up and you keep doing that and you learn from your mistakes every single day and you get better and you pivot quickly when when shit hits the fan and that's what we did every day and that's what I do every day today and I think that combined with something that people didn't have and combined with my efforts to literally go street by street chef by chef to Mm. sell our stuff was what really took it to where it went but the funny thing is like every time you get in the New York Times or LA Times or whatever everyone's like oh my god you're so successful that's amazing and then it's like crickets right and you have to be your own cheerleader when no one else is being your cheerleader in between those big giant conglomerates telling you good job you're amazing but when they're not there you still have to say good job you're amazing and get up and keep going and like keep the snowball going and I think that's the hardest part for any entrepreneur is like cheerleading yourself on when no one else is cheerleading you on right so do you consider yourself successful I think that we're on our way. Mm. I'm I'm very uh I have very high expectations for myself. I'm 29 now. I started Heavenly Bennett when I was 25 and I'm like, "Come on, we need to have more employees and more people and I want to like spread this further and I want to be international and I have a lot of really high pollutant goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean cuz I kind of I kind of feel like I mean again, I don't consider myself successful. Yeah. And I think, I think that's I think that's common in successful people though. I, yeah, I, you know, right? or yeah. driven people maybe yeah. is to not stop and say, "Okay, this is it." I'm yeah, here. no, complacency yeah. doesn't really exist in my vocabulary no. almost to a fault. Like the ambition just doesn't sort of sleep ever. Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh you just used the word that I love and that I know, Jasmine, you like, uh, the word hustle. Oh, yeah. Right? I do. And, like, I feel like you actually use this, the, the dual meaning of hustle. Like, hustle, like, work hard, yeah. right? But when you started the first order, or what's yeah. the story of, like, how it, how it actually... Didn't you, didn't you, like, say that you had an apron company? <laughs> yeah. But maybe oh, yeah. exactly... It so exactly. let's talk about this hustle. <laughs> Some this people was, would call that a hustle. This was the hustle of all hustles. Okay. Um, I was working at Baco Mercat half the week and at Providence half the week. So I had hustled my way into both of those Ooh. kitchens. <laughs> um, and Joseph Centeno of Baco said, Hey, Ellen, there's, gonna, there's a girl. She's going to make us some apron. Do you want to get in on that order? He wanted me to buy one of these aprons. And I was like, oh, my God. The ship was sailing by in front of me. And I said, Chef. I have an apron company. I will make those aprons for you. What is she charging you? How much is it? And what's her turnaround? And I will do it for less and faster. And we were standing over the cash register. I mean, I will literally never forget this. And he's like, what are you talking about? 
you're a cook in my kitchen. And, you know, like, Joseph is, like, dry and very straightforward. And he's like, what, what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I just got a doing business as. And I had. I had gotten a doing business as a week before. And so right there on the spot, I convinced him to give me that order instead of to this person. God bless her, whoever she is. Um, and he gave me that order, and out of nowhere, I had an order of 40 aprons. Ooh. And that is literally how I started Headley and Bennett. Now, at that time, what does your production facility look like? <laughs> <laughs> like my living room um, and my Mini Cooper? I had nothing. I didn't have sewers, a pattern. I only had my notes that I had scribbled in the back of my you know, little recipe book in the mm-hmm. kitchen that was it i had a bunch of little papers of tickets that had come out and it's like okay carpaccio and then i'd be like "Ooh, strap change that's what i need to do um and and that was it so after i clocked out that night i basically took my little order and i had told him that i would deliver it in one month so i had no time okay and i started bartering lunches and dinners and breakfasts with people that knew how to make a pattern or how to sew an apron or sew anything for that matter. And I would go to these people's houses and just be like, I'm going to come over and I'm going to cook for you, but you need to make me this pattern. And I need it like now because I have an order. And so everybody was just like, well, she's crazy. I'm just going to help her because, well, here she is. And she showed up with like a steak. So I got to do it. Um, and that's how I did it. I like bartered it. I had no money. I mean, I had $300 in my savings account and I took that and got going. So was there any, so there was no time, like, was there a proper prototype and like a, a couple no, of no, run No, no, there was no okay. time for anything. There were no proper <laughs> business cards. There was nothing. There was no website. I mean, I literally had nothing. And I think that in a way was a blessing because I just began. And a lot of people get so hung up in getting every single duck in every single row that they never start. And half the battle is starting and continuing to go, even when it doesn't look like something is happening. But I just innately knew for whatever reason that this made a lot of sense. And I love design. Like, I love design. And I love food. And so it was this melding of two worlds for me. So as a chef, were you also, like, when you're writing your recipes down in your yeah. moleskin, were you also, like, drawing the presentations? Or 100%. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. So literally, your first apron was sketched out next to, like, a recipe for salt-cod fritters. Liter- <laughs> like, literally. Yes. Um, when you look back on that, like, first, the first apron, like how many different var- like how far has it gone now like how do you view creativity and when where do, where does it where does it stop we have aprons co- that are called big boy aprons that are for really big chefs Whoa, okay <laughs> we have a we have an apron called big papa that's a little bit bigger but a little bit wow. taller I'm we have a really cool photo shoot right now absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean we have every kind of apron you can literally imagine and now we do chef coats and work shirts and we're working on jumpsuits we launched a mise bag which yeah. it's called mise right um everything in its right place and it's a knife bag that is fucking beautiful wow okay yes. so i see like i'm so not that, in on the, the uh, no, i'm not in that. on that yeah, i need I to see yeah, one yeah. of those it's amazing um so we've really started to do a lot more offshoots from just aprons so like aprons it's, were the core but now the chef coats are for women and for men and we go from extra small all the way to 4xl so i'm like not around when I say that everybody should be on the apron squad. That's They should be. And they kind I mean, I kind of feel like they are. Yeah, I saw, I think I was, I, I did some research. <laughs> and I think I saw somewhere where you said 4,000 restaurants you're in right now. Yes. Well, probably that number has grown since whenever yes. that was written. But it kind of boggled my mind because that's a big number. Well, did it 4, boggle your mind? Four, I mean, to get insane. to 4,000 restaurants? 
That's insane. That's yeah, huge. it's but it's kind of like what I said earlier. You just keep going. You get yep. up and you keep going, and you you don't stop and stare at things. It's like in a race. You just keep running. Right. So, do you ever say no? Now we do. Okay. Um, and that was a hard thing to learn how to say no to. But at, at one point, there were just so many things on my calendar that there was no time to squeeze anything else in. Um, so, uh, you know, what's also interesting is uh, the, the aprons that we have with us today and that we're going to showcase on social media. Every event, every television show that I do right now has Headley and Bennett aprons. So what was that like going from like, oh, we're in kitchens to now like, no, if you see food, <laughs> you see one of our aprons. Um, yeah, that was that was really exciting for me. And that, that was, again, when I realized that not just restaurants needed aprons, that other worlds needed aprons. Like we outfit commissaries too. We outfit mm-hmm. Yahoo and Google and Facebook and SpaceX. Like their kitchens wow. wear our stuff. And that's a whole other segment than restaurants. You know, that's not right. the same world. But then there's also hotels that wear us and we outfit cruise ships. And so well, just – And, you, and you, you outfit, you know, not just the back of the house. You, you're outfitting the front, the front of, the of the house, house too. too yeah. Which I think is it, – it just brings a totally different dynamic as well for the restaurants too. What do they need aprons for? <laughs> oh, come on. Get, remember that restaurant where that girl had stuff splashed all over herself? That yeah, They need – you know what she they need? They need some of those servers, right? They, the server that like, like carries also like 39 pens. Oh, I know. That oh, super God. annoying <laughs> server that everyone right now has. Everyone that's listening, they know that – that works that they work in a restaurant. Thirty-four pens yeah. in one pocket. Yeah, hound different you down. colors. They will hound you down if you take one. Yeah, and then they are upset. You, you t- have my uni ball. It's my twenty-six pens. I'm the only one with pen. the pilot pens. Can't believe you took one of my pens. Can I have a bag? They're looking for their sharpie. That's like so, front of the house. I mean, that's yeah. So everywhere you're, wherever there's food, or not even now. Um, are you? Do you ever get afraid that you're going uh, like too far away from like what was the core? Well, we always keep our core in mind. I mean, we'll never lose that. And that's super important to me. So we do like industry discounts for restaurants. um, And that's always been very important because, again, it was born in a kitchen. So I can't not do that. Right. Um, But we are definitely venturing into things like Williams-Sonoma. We launch in Williams-Sonoma in July. Oh, those are friends of ours. Yeah, Yeah. that's really amazing. So you're launching aprons for the home? Well, they're designed for professional chefs, but you can Okay. Buy them, but you can Williams buy them now. There, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so we made them five exclusive designs, cool. and then they'll launch. They're thirty percent more expensive. <laughs> I'm just glad they're friends of ours, so I can say. <laughs> Jasmine's like, "What do you, you care for?" What you saying? Uh, um, you know, just cut that. Part you know where I had a moment where I was like, uh, "I actually, I'm such a. I mean, I'm, I'm not an official ambassador. I'm just a fanboy. But I do. I feel like, like even like you know." I had a small role in a movie, and mm-hmm. they were like, what would a chef wear? And I remember like sending, talking to Cass, and I was like – Oh, my like, gosh. I totally saw that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. no. Well, it w- they would only wear a Headley and Bennett apron. And I remember like sort t- t- of like creating this character, which was me five years ago, yes. by the way, which yes. is an incredibly douchey thing to say for anyone. Like, I was playing myself, but from like five years ago. Um, and I remember like, no, like if you want film. this, if this is real, you know, this is a real chef. Yeah. This is the apron that this person would wear. I totally and they were like, remember watching that. We're totally in. You come out in the chef coat. Yeah. And, and I was like, I felt, um, you know where I didn't see one of your aprons that bothered where? me a little bit where? was the, uh, the, hit, the, the hit HBO <laughs> show Westworld. Where all of the techs oh, are wearing these yes. like super oh, yeah, red, big, like, heavy like like they're like those leather. aprons are so intense. Yes. The ones oh, where yeah. they you, you like, seen them? I'm like, are you okay, kidding right? me? Yeah. 
I like don't watch TV and I yeah. binge watched the entire Westworld series. <laughs> yes, yes. Just to watch through a couple move. nights, like night times. I didn't even have time during the day. I was like, fuck it. I'm just not going to sleep. Yeah. Let's go. You watch them all in one shot, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched them in two nights. I, yes. I was uh, stopping like freeze frame and like looking for the ampersand. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? This <laughs> isn't, this is not. Yeah. I have been working on some dishwasher aprons. Oh, so tell that, me about that. Um, we found some really badass fabric that's lightweight. The inside is cotton. The outside is totally like a plastic coating. Mm. And this is rad because dishwashers are pretty much the hardest working people in the kitchen. So I thought, why can't we make an, a badass apron for them so they don't go home dripping wet? Yeah, that's yeah. A, it is the hardest job, it right? Is, yeah. um, so here's my thing. is that, Are you doing anything that doesn't have fabric? Like, is that sort of like, are you... What do you mean? Are you... I don't know. Like, where does it end? Because, like, to me, it's like kind oh, of like, I see, oh... like other offshoots. I don't know. Yes, like, yes. are we going to see Headley and Bennett spoons and tweezers and offset yeah, spatulas? Yeah. And, like, is there is there another well, evolution here? Bags. Can I get involved? Yeah. So, the Mies bag. Yes, the, the bag that I told right. you about. The knife bag was the first iteration. The next thing we're coming out with in August is a go bag. It's called the Headley and Bennett Go Bag. And it's so that for all those chefs that basically take their knives, put a towel around it and two right. rubber bands, it <laughs> yes. goes in that bag. But it also fits your, you know, microplanes and all the other stuff that maybe wouldn't fit in your in your mm. uh, knife bag. So now when you uh, – before you actually had a Headley and Bennett Go Bag or a Mies Bag, yeah. what did you roll with your tools? Oh, I had what? like the worst of the worst, like Messermeister. Like just our st- – Just roll. disgusting, like black plastic piece of – They're, they're gross, right? Oh, they're and they, so they, bad. They, like, like they pick up food particles. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like – It's safe, no. It's I, a walking food hazard. It's like you find a shrimp things. shell in there yeah. like two months oh, later. Oh, it's so bad. A, a fish head. Um, in the you, pocket. Did you ever work with someone who like rolled with like the tool, the big toolbox? Yes. So the go bag is sort of inspired <laughs> by the toolbox. Okay. So it's a big rectangle, and you can see everything on the inside. Because I hate, and is it solid? I hate, no, it's Fabric. made out of a thick canvas. Okay, cool. But I hate with duffel bags, you can't really see what's on the inside. Right. You have to really jam it open. Like you're going to the gym, you can't find your underwear, you can't find anything, but it's <laughs> only a big sack. So we were like, nope, we're going to make it like a toolbox. I'm glad you reinvented that because I always thought the toolbox was like kind of for tools. <laughs> like <laughs> We are really throwing everybody under no, the bus No, everyone here. hates me right now. I mean, I, I had one also, just to be clear. Yeah. To be All clear, the things five I'm making years fun ago of. during yeah. the douche era. No, do you know what you yes, had? Yes, exactly. 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 Well, play it was and I'm dumb. it was honestly five yeah. years ago where i'm pretty sure you had a fishing tackle box i did i had like, i did all i've gone through my, all the my yeah. chargers my nitrous chargers and here's where yeah yeah i'm just yeah my that's Literally. what my toolbox and here's my uh my uh, nitrogen whipper and here, here are my 29 miscellaneous white powders oh yeah my God. see i'd like to collaborate on like a molecular gastronomy uh uh you know bag yeah department <laughs> hey alan i want to talk to you more but for right now we're going to take a quick break you're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, there's something about TrueCar a lot of people don't know. TrueCar can help you buy a used car. In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, You can get upfront pricing, information that empowers, discounts off the list price for used cars, and a better buying experience through our TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar Certified Dealers Nationwide. 
TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident, which is something that I don't feel most of the time. Once you register, you'll see a real price on actual inventory. This is competitive pricing offered to you only by a TrueCar certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going to a dealership, so you can feel confident when you show up. TrueCar shows their customers all of their available incentives before they even arrive at the dealership, which makes it incredibly convenient. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by 13,000 TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Hi, this is Spike Ferrisons from Spike's Car Radio. Here we are again on the porch in Malibu, and I'm here with the great Jeremy Piven. I'm a huge fan of him and his doggy. Is your doggy's name Frenchie? <laughs> Bubba. Bubba. Well, yes. it says Frenchie on the collar. I know. He forgets who he is, what kind of dog he is. <laughs> you know, it's like I have a, we could just have a little something that says Jew, right? So we remember <laughs> this is what I am. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to call it the dog and Jew. Right. I, I, I can't. They did. Yeah. Wow, we've taken a really happened. a serious turn here on the podcast. <laughs> Listen now on podcastone.com, Apple Podcasts, or the Podcast One app. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Hard left turn here. One thing that I, I heard you say is, and I think this was about obviously becoming an entrepreneur and yes. uh, uh, incredible business success, was that you have to break this thing in your head that says you can't do something yeah i am trying to figure that out myself <laughs> so how did what is what do you mean by that um <clears throat> i kind of feel like everything starts with a decision everything a decision to do something a decision not to do something a decision to yes to no and so anytime i made a big leap in life i call them leap while looking you like nice. jump out the window and figure it out on the way down i would decide that i could do it and then I would start with actions. And so it's very mental. Um, when I ran my first marathon, I went and got a great outfit at Nike. And I was like, I'm a fucking runner. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but it was a decision. It was like this mental change that happened because of the stupid spandex shorts. <laughs> nice. And Spandex shorts can do that, though. Hey, mm. they can do that. But again, it was in my head. And then I went and ran the New York Marathon. So you do enough of these things in life where you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone constantly, and then you sort of get a little, like, notch on your belt of experience, and then you feel a little bit more comfortable with taking more leaps of faith. And I just kept doing that over and over again and getting more experience and more trust in myself to do what I set out to do. So Leap While Looking sounds like a book title. <laughs> right? I'm going to be honest. Yes. Are you working on a book? Yes, we are in talks about nice. a book. Um, because, exciting. again, I don't have an MBA. Is I, this a personal book or a book about aprons? Or? It's a book about how Life. to be a business person nice. when you're not a business person. I feel like that's good. I have a second follow-up to that, too. I love give, it. You've, give never, it to me, you've also have never asked a question so Listen, far on the pod, so I this is a, great. From what I'm hearing, it started as a side hustle for you, yeah. right? So so for people that are listening, you know, side hustle, it's some, something you have going on the side. It's not your main gig, but it's yep. something that you're working on, something you're passionate about. How did you know when to jump? 
or I mean, leap, as, as it were. Yeah, I would say I was very aggressive and then very conservative at the same time. I took that opportunity and made my chef buy aprons from me. But then I also cut my day jobs for almost right. two years right. with so Headley and Bennett. Right, so still a side hustle for yeah. a while. Yeah, I mean, I had an office and employees before I quit Providence, almost to a fault. It was mm. almost like this like safety net. Like, oh, yeah. if mm. I left the culinary world, would I still be cool? Would it be legitimate enough? Like, would I be able to pay myself? Like, I was wasn't taking a salary um and that that was a crazy thing to not be doing that for almost two years um, while having a lot of orders um but yeah that that was sort of how I navigated that yeah no it was like conservative and aggressive at the same time and I I also feel like I was very about everything I've done it was very old school and new school so it was like social media but also in real life and talking to people and like face-to-face interaction I think will surpass social media any day of the week yeah. I have an idea for it out there. I have an idea for the for the book. I mean, you've already done it, so I just like I like. Well, pitching. the book's not done yet, but <laughs> right. here, tell me. So, pitch, or, pitch or maybe me. not even a book. Maybe like a fun game, a Headley and Bennett like uh, interactive thing we can create. Tell me. Rem- I don't know. Like I was a uh, boy. You know, uh, you had that little like those fashion panel games where there were three panels, mm-hmm. but you could Ooh. change the bottom, the oh, middle, yeah. and the top. Oh, the fashion yes. plates. Of course. Yes. Fashion plates. Fashion I want to do a Headley and Bennett one where you can change out the apron and then you can have John or Vinny's head. Oh, oh my God. Right? Just their belly. And then, or, and then, <laughs> or just yeah, the belly. Yeah. Like someone else's head. Right. That's what I mean. Just so, the belly. Right. So you can have maybe like, you know, a, a, a slim little apron that mm-hmm. was for a barber yes. or for a craft person. And then all of a sudden it's like a Richard Blaze head or something like that. I think I that like would that. Fashion that be plates. fun. And then you'd have to sketch over them with like the oh, charcoal yeah. pencil. Rub, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, like that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so now, and this is kind of, I don't even know if you, you'll want to talk about yeah, this. Yeah. Now it seems like I get an apron uh, delivered to me. All the time, that's mm-hmm. like, oh, great! Look what look! Someone sent me a Henley and Bennett apron. This is amazing. And then I open it up, and it's not a Henley and Bennett mm-hmm. apron. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a lot of people now in the market that I, you know, they they see your success, and they're like, oh, I, I think we can do something yeah. like that. How do you guys stand out when that's happening? And how do you how do you like how do you deal how do with you, that? How do you deal with yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely. There's times when I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening, but. It's sort of inevitable, right? We we opened a brand new market that didn't exist, um, and I think that what keeps us real is the fact that we are real. We're 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 very human with our approach to business, and I don't treat it like a business. I treat it more like this gigantic community that we're working with to make everybody feel and look better. So there's much more of a purpose behind it than just a commodity. And I think a lot of these companies big or small are just selling a commodity product and for us the apron is a part of it but it's not the end all of it um and you can me make selling aprons that was not a revolutionary idea everybody sold aprons before mm-hmm. it's just how we approached it right so your ingredients might be a little bit better oh, significantly just better significantly right? better so the ingredients are better yeah and then your sense of authorship yeah, uh, and we have a huge community of people that wear our stuff. And we're not about just like, here's your apron, good luck, Godspeed, come back when you mm-hmm. need more. We have a big community space at our factory. We're constantly doing events and activating our squad, so to speak. We like host cookbook parties and brunches and lunches and dinners with people in the community. And then in, in July, this is really freaking cool, we teamed up with Instagram, the company, to do a School of Hustle Wow. I just used my fingers. Totally. I love it. Careful. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be an all day, totally sponsored event, meaning whoever gets in doesn't have to pay and you have to apply to join to be a part of it. 
Um, and it'll be a, a full day of rad people in the culinary space connecting with people that are on their way to be able to tap into the Richard Blazes of the world or the, you know, editor of Eater LA or the COO of Instagram will be there and all these badasses and teaching young people how to hustle and how to actually make shit happen. Um, And so it's more about giving back and creating that than the actual aprons. And I think that's part of what, um, you know, makes your brand stand out is that it's the ingredients, like you said, and then it's the sense of authorship. It's you. Like, honestly, like your brand yeah. is you, which is yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah. I, I know. Is. First, you know, I know as well. Yeah. And like, but your energy, and energy is a word that like I don't toss around. Like, I'm not one of these people. It's like, energy. You're not oh, me. Energy yeah. Here is, yeah, I'm not you. Not exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a yoga instructor, you know, almost a full moon away from being a vegan, all of these things. But you just have this amazing energy. Like, you have it right now. Every time I've ever encountered you, you were just like a light of positivity. Yeah, we said this on the way up. I mean, you're, you're always working, but you're not like that type of person that's like, I'm working, you know, that's, that's like me. you're that's like me. working, <laughs> maybe yeah. you're working like you're smiling and like you're just literally like beams of light coming off of you. Like, how do you do it? Um, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting what we're doing. And I also think that I am very grateful for the opportunity and I never take it for granted. And, and I think a lot of people complain about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have, I take a different approach. I'm like, oh my God, I'm alive. I have arms and legs that work. I, you know, I'm breathing right now. Like, smile, you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You have a pet pig. Yeah, I have a pet I pig. Mean, I have chickens, which, by the way, I was going to bring you guys eggs and I totally forgot them oh on my, my counter. I'm it's sorry. Okay. But be next time. I think, like, just stepping back and appreciating that life itself exists and that you're a part of it and that's awesome and that a lot of the problems we have are very much first world problems and I lived in Mexico City for four years um, from 18 to 22 and that's where I went to culinary school which is an amazing story and that I will say I I owe a lot of my hustle and drive to having lived in a foreign country by myself with no support from my parents and it was just something that I wanted to do and I came back to the states being like oh my god I got this like LA I got you if I can survive (laughs) living in Mexico Mexico by myself, I can do it here. And it just gave me that sense of confidence that I could make it. And it's also exciting to be able to show other young women and men that they can do it too. And that I started this with nothing and that I've earned myself a seat at the table. And I still have to remind myself that I earned that seat at the table. Like I still have to be like, no, no, it's okay that you're there. That's totally fine. So for that Ellen Bennett who's out there right now grinding it out and perhaps not even the the industry where they're going to end up, like what are a couple of tips for people to sort of be open to, you know, observing something that might change their life like in a second? Right. For one, I will just say just start. Just start and try a lot of different things. I mean, I've lived many lives. I've studied so many different things. I've had so many ridiculous jobs. I can't even tell you. I mean, just like little blurb here. You sold canola oil. <laughs> yeah. That's I a mean, deep dive ridiculous. Of right there. Yeah. <laughs> I was the lottery announcer on television for Mexico. Awesome. I was like a talk show host on an American football show while I was going to culinary school. I was a simultaneous translator. I was a booth babe. I mean, you name it, I did it. And every single one of those things, Back then, I was like, this is insane. I can't believe that you're doing these jobs. And now I'm grateful for all those experiences because life is not a freaking straight line. And if anybody thinks it is, they're completely wrong. And you just have to experience a lot of different things to figure out what it is you're looking for. Incredibly inspiring because I was thinking about giving up this morning. Also, <laughs> like me personally. So like, Was it the traffic? <laughs> that was a little bit <laughs> totally of everything. Get it. But I mean, literally that, that, like that right there, every time I see you, 
you inspire me. Oh, um, and I think you do that for so many people. And I, I, don't, I mean, it's, when you see some, some people that are successful, you're like, oh, why does that person deserve it? Like, you absolutely deserve everything uh, that you've received so far because you work hard for it. Um, you know what people don't know about you, or maybe your friends know, yes. and, and you have a lot of friends, <laughs> um, but you're quite the dancer. <laughs> now, I almost spit the water out of my. <laughs> Could have been like me and Lou yeah. Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Um, so, like, um, I mean, I've seen you uh, mm-hmm. cut up a rug. Is what they what the kids what might the say kids in the fifties. Yep. Um, a couple times rug. on stage at like the award Aspen. Award winning. Award winning. Award winning. Yeah, like com- competitive. Yeah. You, know? you won. You won at an Aspen. Oh, competitive <laughs> dance dancer. Dance with the stars. Here yeah. I come, or whatever that. Um, <laughs> so we were just curious. Uh, what is your dance move of choice? We've seen your rock out to some 80s tunes. Yeah. We've seen I'm, the twirl, for yeah. sure. Oh, love the and twirl. And I, I, I was like, that's going to be in our top three, probably. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's your I so definitely go-to. love the twirl. I love, like, arm flailing. Oh! I love to, like, flail my arms. Almost, almost like a raver. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm a raver yeah, or ever no, have yeah, yeah. been, but I like to wail like an octopus. Oh, my gosh. Like, well, there's a lot of chemistry spirits. right here. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I call my signature move sort of like it's, the squid. It's the gas station below. Yeah, it's, it's the, yeah, yeah, the gas station yes. Muppet that's, the, out, that's that trying to get air, you to get your car washed. balloon thing. Air balloon yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. We um, should do, every Monday I do a dance yeah, thing on my Instagram. It's called EB's Dance Pants. Nice. We should do it together today since I'm here. Oh, my gosh. I think we should definitely do that. I've been into flossing. Lately, flossing like uh, I don't know if that? you saw Katy Perry on SNL. To be in, show me what flossing is like. Stand okay, well, I, 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 so you, you, you kind of, yeah, I can do it. You kind of like the idea it's is like, you're well, flossing your hips. Yeah, you're your flossing your hips. But you don't. Oh. Bend I'll have to do it when I get out, out of the seat. <laughs> I'm not really good at it, um, but I can, it's I can see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this is a podcast and not a TV yeah, yeah. show. No, we'll, we'll have to actually show people what that looks like. We'll do it. We'll do a boomerang of it. It looks better when yeah. it's a boomerang. Exactly. You can go to my Instagram, Ellen Marie Bennett, and see and him we're gonna flossing see me in we're gonna, 10 minutes. We're going to be yeah. chopping it up in, yeah. a, in a different way. But um, you've also inspired me to dance. Yes. Um, Ellen Bennett, you're amazing. Uh, what else do you got going on? What's uh, Any new projects? Yes, we have some really cool collaborations in the works. We just launched our red apron. I have a red phone. I just got it. Oh, yeah. Um, So that was very awesome because this is a foundation that I've obviously loved for a very long time. I mean, red is amazing. Mm -hmm. So we launched an apron with them and Dominique Ansel. And next year we are launching a collaboration with Topo the bags mm-hmm. uh, so that's cool also with Rifle Paper Company which is a awesome. really sick paper company you probably yeah. don't know this but you I do I know all about yep. it yep. Uh, I don't you're right <laughs> I mean it's like the coolest <laughs> ever it's the coolest um, yeah. and then launching jumpsuits chef pants We've got this stuff in the works. But I'm most excited about the go bag. I mean, you just wait till you see this thing. Yeah. It's freaking I can't wait because awesome. I also love the uh, – I have this like a shirt. It's like I don't even – it's not a – Our work shirt. The work shirt. Our work shirts are I wear your work shirt outside of work. I mean, I know a lot of people that do. In yeah. fact, we have a ton of people that just buy our stuff to wear it in life. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's and when you know you – They're so jumped, soft. Yeah. Yes. They're like – they're perfect. And we use the same um, seamstresses that work for helmet length, so the cuts are really oh. on point. Nice. How many yeah. people now do you have uh, working with we you? We have a little under 30 plus 20 sewers. And you had mentioned uh, 
international aspirations. Yes. Is it happening? Has it happened? Um, we definitely sell internationally, but I really want to go to Asia. I want to go to Japan. I want our stuff to be out there in the world. We have a lot of stuff in Mexico, but there's so much. The world is so exciting. There's so much out there. I mean, literally, everyone has the opportunity to do whatever the heck they want because so much information is at your disposal. You have the internet. You have libraries. Like no one has the excuse that they can't achieve their dreams. Literally. I and you are living proof of that. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. <laughs> thank you for um, having. This me. is a part of the show now where we like to play um, a game, okay. a fun game. The Tell games <laughs> change uh, from episode to episode. Sometimes, uh, yeah. Today we're playing a game that was inspired by my servers at one of my restaurants. You had mentioned Juniper and Ivy. And they would play this game when we would announce a new dish and okay. they would get a chance to taste that dish for the first time. The game is called Scarf or Barf. Scarf or Barf. Whoa. Yeah. Scarf okay. or Barf. Give so it to me. You have to choose Scarf or Barf. This is Scarf or Barf. Scarf meaning eat, of course. Scarf meaning eat. Okay. Okay. Well, because we're talking about apparel, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure we're being yeah, yeah. clear. Yeah, not we don't scarf. have to wear any That's of these things. Good point. <laughs> Thanks. That could have been totally could have been really uh, misconstrued. Okay. Um, scarf means you're going to eat it. Uh, okay. Barf means you're not you're not down you're gonna with it. Puke it. You're going to puke it. You're going to puke it. But this is food trend edition, so yeah. not so bad. Okay. Right? This All could right. it's not scandalous. All I can right. see you a uh, mild concern. I've never seen you concerned. <laughs> okay. Uh, scarf <laughs> or <I> barf? <laughs> <laughs> there are no wrong answers. Just everyone will then think differently about you okay. because of your opinions. Uh, unicorn, rainbow, food, everything. Like this trend of like you know everything's multiple colors and. Is this a scarf or a barf? Oh, minus the pink scarf. Wow. Oh, interesting. Scarf. I yeah. love Biff. Like, yeah. Oh. So, you're down. Okay. so you want yes. rainbow, not unicorn. Yeah, exactly. I get you. Yep. See, I just also I'm I'm kind of down with it as well because yeah. I just came up with a, a new uh, puree for one of our dishes where I blended corn with sea urchin and I call it unicorn puree. Oh, that's amazing! Which uh, is one of my favorite things I've ever created. Actually. Also, by the way, one of the coolest things I've ever seen: Massimo Bottura was yes. doing a dinner at Providence recently. Yes. They had five pots of five different colored sauces: yellow, green, blue, and red. And holy shit, he was throwing the sauces on each plate like some crazy Picasso man, and wow. it was beautiful. So uh, hell yes to yes. the rainbow. So that basically, so for those uh, playing at home, <laughs> Ellen Bennett just dropped a three Michelin star validation for yeah. her answer. Yes. Is basically what just happened. <laughs> She's saying, yeah. uh, okay, here we go. Um, this is uh, this is an easy one. Maybe I don't know. Charred vegetables, charred everything. You know, like burnt leek ash and all of these things. Okay, I would say. Scarf only because I've been doing that since I was a little kid in Mexico. So this is not some like crazy yeah, totally. thing that's yeah. innovative for me. I've been eating burnt corn since I was sure. four. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, I mean, you had just mentioned it. I mean, it's it's kind of a trend now. It's a trend, but it kind I'm of I'm in between. Up, yeah. I'm like eating it. I'm scarfing it. And then yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I've had too much of it. <laughs> too maybe much then burnt. I'm going to barf too it. Much too much burnt, burnt stuff. Okay. Um, I feel like now you might just love everything now because you're so positive. <laughs> Are you going to barf anything? Okay, here's one. I think I do know your answer, perhaps. Okay, okay. Give it this, to me. Uh, this trend and craze of bacon everything. Bacon makes everything better, Ellen Bennett. Barf. Oh, there we go. Barf. I, knew I mean, coming. that's in Oliver's honor. Totally. Oliver yes. the pig. Come on. Yes. Yeah. And I knew that you totally. had a personal connection yes. to this yes. one. Easy. Yeah. Um, so Easy I, had to, I had, to, had to bring that one up <laughs> earlier because it might have um, What about this one? This is a tough one. Uh, maybe not. Anthony Bourdain. Ooh, tough. That's 
tough. It's a tough one. I, you didn't even know I was going to ask that one. I I'm like, I'm um, like, no comment. That one was okay. Bad. So like are you going to you're going to pass on like one? I'm going to pass on that one. I'm still scarfing up Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain's not really a food trend. No, he's not. But it just <laughs> sounded good saying. Somehow you went off topic a little on that one. I did. He's okay. admirable. Okay, we'll leave it at that. I'm still He's an admirable guy. I am George Clooney as fantastic Mr. Fox. Nom, 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 nom. I still want more Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> I think his evolution's been pretty amazing. That's just me. Okay, uh, what about this whole everything's fermented? Oh, we can just uh, we're rotting everything slowly and precisely, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fermented this, fermented that. Okay. Uh, okay, scarf because of the health benefits of it barf because of how trendy it is and how it should be good because it's healthy not because it's trendy unbelievable answer by the way also are you are you going into politics (laughs) yeah she's she's actually not answering any of our questions i love it It yes i'm starving for politics bennett for senate (laughs) exactly whoa see you already have it whoa Called it. Bennett for Senate is like uh, a real thing I'm voting for. Yeah. I'll campaign for Yeah, that's going to yeah, happen. Thank you. Yep. All right. Here's the last one. Scarf or barf uh, food trend edition. Uh, this one's personal. This one's personal to me, perhaps. Mm. Food television. Oh, yeah. Food is. television. Yeah. Scarf or barf. There's a lot of it right now. We are in a moment of perhaps oversaturation. I'm going to say scarf because it's making people significantly more aware of food in general. So you have to take the macaroni and cheese videos with the chef's table videos and bring them together and you're on the right track. Yeah, well, you know what? That's the right answer. Like it, it's, it's inspiring people to yeah. shop better, eat better, take yeah. care of themselves. To actually think about food as a thing and not just something you shove in your mouth. And if every once in a while it's like a sandwich made with 19 fast food <laughs> sandwiches piled onto one bun right. shot over top in time lapse I'm okay with that right which is the that's what you're saying right yes. it's like macaroni and cheese chef's table yeah um, all of these things well that's Scarf or Barf that's the first time we've played it thank you so much for you're being welcome. the first participant you did very well. uh, and here's how we wrap up the show Ellen Bennett from Headley and Bennett um, this is uh, using a kitchen term which this we don't have to explain you. to you but it might be hard for you get it out of here it's 86. Uh, the end of the show, we like to talk about things that are 86. Oh, things yes. that should be 86. out. Things that we are over list. with and done with. It doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be fashion. Uh, it could be whatever you want. And I am continuing to talk, so I'm stalling for you a little bit because this. Okay, so I need to say things that I think need to be 86. You want you want 86. One thing you can you can well if you want to rant, we're more than okay with it. Here's the mic. Go ahead. Uh, Holy cow! Wait, can you 86 something so then I can you can stall even stall me more? Let me give you an idea here. Yeah, let's see. 86. I'll 86 something. Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. What do I want to 86? We had someone on here that 86 the server spiel. So like when servers come out to them, hi, my name's Jasmine, be your server tonight. Oh, they 86 that because they're like, you know what? Can't we get over that? Can't we get past that? We don't need to hear the specials. I want to so 86 AT&T's customer service. God. Yes. Whoa. Why there not? we go. I that mean, just straight really up. Not. That is very real. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is a personal have, story yes. here? Okay. Yes. They, they personally inspire me to have the best customer service in the world <laughs> because they sucks so yeah. bad. Nice. That's, and that's, yeah. they suck so bad. That they called me at 7 a.m. this morning to hear about why their customer service was so bad. And I was like, really? Could you pick a better time to call me to get my feedback about how bad your customer service they was? They could have found out that you were in L.A. and on oh, Pacific. Yeah. yeah that yeah. happens to me with an East Coast phone number. That happens to me all the time oh, that yeah, people call way too early. Yeah. I like that you kept it real. Oh, you yeah. went out there and you were it's like, a, yeah, like I'm calling out a brand. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're terrible. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. Where can people find you? 
HedleyandBennett.com. That's where you can buy our product or at Williams Sonoma now too in yeah. July. That's and then to follow my personal Instagram, it's Ellen Marie Bennett. And our company's is at Headley and Bennett. But if you want to see the behind the scenes of what happens in the factory when I'm there at 11 o'clock at night and see the pig and the chickens and all that, that's on Ellen Marie Bennett. Wow, that's amazing. So you're like the chef who's like, I still work the line. Yeah. You want to see me at my office at 11 p.m. You are just a show off, <laughs> but you should be showing up. You're amazing. Headley and Bennett is amazing. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks. Uh, for I'd coming. like to invite you back. I would love to yeah. come back. Awesome. And I would love to have you guys at the Apron Factory, which, by the way, if you're based in L.A., anybody that's listening, you can come and visit us. It's a 16,000-square-foot factory in downtown. It's got a zip line and slides and swings, and we have a La Cologne bar. And it's so rad. And you can see our whole manufacturing process. Do you watch kids for a long time. <laughs> I love kids. Very kid-inspired. They'll work. They'll work. <laughs> I mean, not well, I was going to say, I'm seeing, like, are there Oompa Loompas at the right. factory? Pretty much. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If there's a chocolate lake, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> Ellen Bennett, she's amazing. Uh, yes. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention. You can find us on the Podcast One app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe and then also rate what we do because if you like what we do, then more people listen to us and then we can keep talking to you and bringing in amazing guests. I'm Richard Blaze. Uh, I was joined by Alan Bennett and Jasmine. Thank you so much and stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Listen to new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Did you know that in the U.S. alone, there are nearly one million new books published every year? So how do you figure out what you actually want to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes into play. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review sites for nearly a decade. They do deep dives into thousands of titles. And each week on Fully Booked, they go one-on-one with the minds who wrote those books, the authors. Most recently, James Patterson and John Grisham. Check it out for yourself. Listen to Fully Booked now on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on PodcastOne.com.